Hello, everyone, and welcome to And Let's Be Heard. This is Micah Chopley, and we are at Tuesday, December 7th, 2021. There's so much to talk about. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get it all in. I don't think so, but we'll try. We'll try to get this all in in a clean, crisp 30 minutes. We're going to start with uh, who I like to call the Tower of Jelly, soon-to-be ex-mayor of New York City, Bill de Blasio, acting as though he's going to be mayor for the next 20 years. I've never seen someone so brazen in a lame duck session than Bill de Blasio. Now, if New Yorkers had done the right thing and not elected another Democrat to be mayor, de Blasio wouldn't be doing all this stuff because he would know the Republican would overturn it in three weeks. But knowing that Eric Adams is a Democrat, and I don't want to care, people are saying, oh, he's a centrist, he's, a, he's tough, he's, a, he's tough, he loves cops, he's, he's not going to be a lefty. Bullshit. Bullshit. He's going to be a lefty, he's going to be a nutty, branch COVIDian lefty. And the proof is that de Blasio on his way out just has to do more, ma- you know, more mandates. You know, we talk about politicians like presidents on their way out, and they do pardons, right? Well, de Blasio is doing mandates, De Blasio just has to get in one or two more mandates before he leaves. He's got to get in one or two mandates before 2022. Got to get him in. Got to get him in, this big fat loser. Got to get him in. This useless tower of jelly, Bill de Blasio. Not only is he going to expand the vaccine passports, which don't work to, don't, don't work to end COVID, but do work to end small businesses, Five to 11-year-olds, just like here in San Francisco. So it'll be San Francisco and New York, I believe. What else is San Francisco and New York? What else? Bad economy, tons of crime, robbing, looting, raping, murdering. That's also the common denominator for San Francisco and New York City. Five to 11-year-olds will have to have vaccine passports. So a five-year-old will have to show their papers to go into Chuck E. Cheese, to go into McDonald's, to go into Wendy's and sit down. These aren't sick bastards. These aren't totally sick fucking bastards we're talking about. I can't, you can't be nice about this. They're sick in the fucking head, these people. And the people who vote them in and cheer them on are just as sick in the fucking head. Sick in the head. A five-year-old has about a point zero 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 one percent chance of even getting COVID, let alone dying from it. Omicron, zero. Zero. And then he says this is response to long dark winter number three and the Omicron variant, which is a 24-hour cold. It's a 24-hour cold, say the real doctors in South Africa. The real doctors in South Africa. Not the political whore U.S. doctors you see on television here on CNN, MSNBC. Say it's a cold. It's the mildest variant. It's akin to a cold. Sniffles for a day or two. So in response to that, we need more mandates. We need mandates now for the common cold. We need a vaccine to get rid of the common cold, because that's going to happen. And on top of that, come the end of the month, just in time for, let's say, New Year's Eve, I believe it'll be the 28th specifically, there'll be vaccine mandates for any workers in Manhattan, even private sector, which is illegal, which is why the courts have, have knocked down Biden and the courts will knock this down too. But he's got to pretend to be a tough guy. It, but pretending to be tough, you're just showing yourself as being insane. Pretending to be tough is proving to be a nutcase. That's what he's doing. 
Hey, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. You don't got the jab, lose your job. Become homeless, commit more crime in New York. More homeless and criminals in New York because they can't work. Hey, what happened to the bleeding heart lefty? What happened to the lefty that cares about people? Hey, don't got the jab? Fuck you. No job. No unemployment. Your kids get out of school. Your family's on the street. Too bad. This is the modern-day liberal, the illiberal, the modern-day Democrat, a party that must be eradicated. They have proven for 22 months they must be eradicated. Listen to me. Spread the word. I'm saying it. Not many people are. They need to be gone. Fuck the bad two-party system. We need a one-party system. Republicans only. These Democrats are insane. They are insane. They must all lose in November. All of them. We need a 120-seat turnover. That's what we need. We need about a 10-seat turnover in the Senate. We need a a filibuster-proof Senate. They need to be gone. They have served notice over and over and over again. They need to go away. Now, the really bad news about this is you know de Blasio has squared this with Eric Adams. You know that. Now, if it was Republican, he wouldn't even be doing it, like I said, because he know he looked like an ass when it's overturned in three weeks. But he knows, he knows that Adams is going to be fine with it because he wouldn't take the chance of having Adams overturn it and make de Blasio look like an idiot. And Adams has already come out and said, oh, no, everything he's doing, I'm keeping. If you think I'm, I'm getting rid of anything he's done, you can forget about it. This is your centrist. This is your libertarian Democrat. Give me a break. Give me a fucking break. You talk about narcissism. You talk about sociopathy. You got Bill de Blasio. Got to get in more mandates. Got to get in an extra mandate. Before the new year. Got to get an extra mandate before he leaves office. That's his legacy. Mandates. High crime. High unemployment. Small businesses destroyed. That's de Blasio's legacy. The fucking big tower of jelly. Piece of shit. That's how I feel about him. Let's move to another POS. AOC. AOC is another POS. Why? Why, Mike? Why do you say that about a nice little girl? A nice little girl like AOC, why would you say such a thing, Mike? I can see you saying it about the Tower of Jelly de Blasio. Even many Democrats despise him and know he's useless and worthless human being. But why would you say that about AOC? Why? Well, because AOC wants to believe crime doesn't exist. See, in the sick liberal narrative, myopic narrative, no matter what the facts are, push the narrative. That's what they're told. There must be a memo they get every day. Push the narrative. New facts have come in. It doesn't jive with the narrative. Don't care. Push the narrative. Push the narrative. We see crime going up in New York and and, and San Francisco and major cities. It's like called stats. But once again, Democrats don't care about stats. If they cared about stats, 90% of what they've done regarding COVID wouldn't have been done. But they don't care about stats and science. They don't, they don't care about numbers. They don't care about actual videos you could see, like, your, like with Rittenhouse. They don't care about actual video. They, they don't care. Don't believe your lying eyes. They don't, she doesn't care about the videos that show them going, breaking into jewelry stores in San Francisco and robbing $20,000, $30,000, dollars worth of jewelry. Walgreens all over San Francisco being looted. Half the Walgreens having to close down. This doesn't exist. She said it's all overblown. Smash and grab is overblown, even though we see, you know, 20 smash and grab tapes every day now in San Francisco and New York City. 
doesn't exist. Crime doesn't exist. Now, why would you say that? Why would you even bother to say that? Because you believe in defunding the police? Because you love criminals? Because you think people deserve to be criminals? Do you think that's what it is? People deserve to be criminals? We can't badmouth criminals. We can't show criminals being criminals on television. I'm trying to think of the angle. I'm trying to think of the angle. And the angle is criminals are good people. Don't disparage them. That's the only angle I can think of. Once again, the people who push this stuff never have to actually live in it. They don't actually have to live in it. It doesn't matter to them. They're above it all. They don't have to worry about their business being looted. They don't have to worry about their livelihood being ended. They're fine. They're making six figures. You know, the days of her having to save her first two paychecks to pay for the rent, if that was ever real, probably not. I've known bartenders in New York to make a hell of a lot of money. But to, to, that's, that was her thing, wasn't it? I had to have to wait for my first two paychecks to clear before I can rent my apartment in D.C. Well, those days are long gone. Tons of money in the bank now. So she doesn't have to worry about any of this stuff. Nothing. So it's easy for her to say that. But she also makes herself and other Democrats look like assholes, which is happening daily. Which is happening daily. I don't get it. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I really don't. I understand people like de Blasio. I understand Democrats because they are, what they're basically doing is they're being spokespeople for Big Pharma. This is what Democrats have done for the last two years. They've been spokespeople for Big Pharma. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't surprise me if they're getting kickbacks. And we need to look into that. Because I, I bet someone like de Blasio is getting a kickback from Big Pharma. I'm not talking about, you know, the usual contributions to campaigns. He's had tons of those. But I'm talking about in his pocket, in his bank account, personally. Because the Democrats have been so, they've been frothing at the mouth to promote Big Pharma. They've been doing PSAs. This has been a two-year Democrat-driven PSA for their friends in Big Pharma. Shills for Big Pharma. So I get that angle. I don't get AOC's angle. With the crime. I don't get it. Don't believe your lying eyes. Crime is not going up. It's all made up. Once again, what I like to call the Baghdad Bob syndrome. Democrats have Baghdad Bob syndrome basically on any topic these days from A to Z. A to Z. Speaking of Democrats, let's move from AOC. We'll talk about her again. Uh, Kamala, uh, they're all leaving. All of Kamala's staffers are leaving. And of course, you know, the spin Jen Psaki, Psaki, or is it Saki, Saki? The spin, I can't even say it, the spin Psaki, Saki puts on this, is of course, oh, it's normal. You know, plenty of staffers leave after 10 or 11 months. Most people don't last a year. Of course, total bullshit. Most last at least two, if not all four. Um, but, uh, uh, it's been ha- it's happened after the midterms that people leave. They serve half a term, and some people leave, but most will last the whole term, and then maybe leave if the person's reelected for a second term. But this is not even a year, so let's not bullshit each other. It's not even a year, and she has top level people leaving. So a little investigation is done, and they find that even her staffers from when she was a senator, 
and when she was a district attorney, said she was impossible to work with, that she was an evil person, that she would yell at them because they would, they would prepare her for things. They would present her with papers to read. She would not read them. Then she'd be unprepared, look bad, look like an idiot, and blame them. And they said she's a big-time bully. You always have to stroke her ego. Now, this is, I believe, 100% because Kamala Harris is a big nothing ball. She should never have been even close to the White House, even close to the presidency, let alone a very feeble heartbeat away from one. And when a nothing ball with no confidence, and they say she has no confidence, no self-confidence, because she knows she's nothing, she knows she shouldn't be anywhere near where she is, those people act that way. Those people are very insecure. I think that's one of the words one of the employees of hers used. They're very insecure. Because you know, if you're confident, you know you belong somewhere. You know you're somebody. You know you have that intellect. You know you belong there. You have security. You're secure in that position. You're secure in that position. And uh, she knows she doesn't belong there. She knows she's a big nothing ball, laughing, freaking hyena, nothing ball. And uh, she doesn't belong there. And so she's never belonged anywhere. She shouldn't have been DA of California. She should have been senator from California. And uh, she never should have been vice president. And God forbid she ever becomes president. Oh, God forbid she ever becomes president. God help us all. God help us all. So it's not surprising that people are running away from Kamala Harris. I'm not, I'm not surprised about it at all. I'm not surprised about it at all. And uh, her approval is what? Let's see. Her approval is about 26%, 27%. So that means, of course, when your approval is that low, that means most of people in your own party hate you. They hate you. They absolutely despise you. Your approval can't be in the 20s if people in your party, if people in your party like with Trump like you, if you're at 90% approval of people in your party. Can't happen. Which means even Democrats don't like her. So this has, of course, Democrats struggling because Biden is obviously not going to run for a second term. And Kamala Harris's ratings are so low. Pete Buttigieg is hated, especially by African-Americans. So it's, it's, it's actually they're, – they're, they're between a rock and a hard place. They have no – as a sports fan, they have no bench. That's the problem. They have no bench when it comes to who the next presidential candidate will be, which is why this – which is why they're trying to play this game, this spin game with Kamala. They're trying to preserve her every chance she gets. Did I say she was a DA? I'm, yeah, she was. She was, I'm, she was DA of San Francisco and Attorney General of California. Sorry about that. Think about this. She was district attorney of San Francisco, a major city, Attorney General of California, Senator from California. Now she's Vice President of the United States. Now, do you think Kamala Harris should be there? Do you think Kamala Harris, at her young age, her young age, what is she, 57, I believe? 57? Uh should be where she is, has deserved to be where she is, has worked hard to be where she is. Of course not, and she knows it too. And that's why she's insecure, and that's why she treats her staff like shit. To me, that is not a surprise at all.
Moving on, I want to talk a little bit more about I've, – I've looked a little bit more at that Alec Baldwin interview. I can't watch the whole thing. I can't watch the whole Alec Baldwin interview because that whole idea makes me sick. That whole dramatic production you know, makes me sick. So uh, I did watch some of it, though, some clips that have been played on TV, on Fox and such. And uh, a couple of really telling ones to show what a narcissist. Everyone knows Alec Baldwin's an asshole. He's an asshole. He yells at, he punches out, uh, you know, uh, paparazzi. This is my thing with paparazzi. If you're a celebrity, all right, and you're wealthy and well-known and a multimillionaire, too fucking bad. No one told you you have to do that job. So do something else. If the paparazzi bother you so much, do something else. It's a privilege to be an actor. It's not even a career. It's a privilege to be an actor. There's a lot of luck involved as well. So who cares that Alec Baldwin doesn't like the paparazzi? But he's always acted like a schmuck. He's always acted like a schmuck. You know, the guy blocked me on Twitter years ago. This is actually well before Trump was president. Simply because I agreed with him on something. I think it was the way MSNBC was treating him, and then I would share all the crazy things they were doing, and he blocked me. The guy's an, uh, an idiot. He's crazy. But anyway, and of course, only a true, true wimp, someone of that caliber, blocks people. I mean, come on, give me a break. But to show what a narcissist he is, what a sociopath he is, he says in the interview that uh, – he didn't pull the trigger. We know about that nonsense. And there was a really good uh, – CNN actually did something good for once. They had on a gun expert who showed how those guns, you can put your finger on the trigger and not even know it. It's very light. You can actually put your finger on the tri- trigger before you cock back the hammer and not even realize your finger's on the trigger. And just by doing that, once you let the hammer go, the gun goes off. So he shot her. He shot her. And uh, he blames her. He blames Ms. Hutchins, the woman he killed. He blames the dead woman. That's what he did. He blamed the dead woman. When Stephanopoulos said, well, why would you point a gun at anybody? He said, well, I, unless the person is directing you to point the gun that way for their camera angle, saying, yes, he was telling her – she was telling him to point the gun at her heart and kill her. This is – it's amazing how sick these people are and they don't realize how sick they are. I guess that's socio, I guess that's a sociopathic behavior, right? And on top of that, then they talk about George Clooney saying that he always checks the chamber, which is what you're supposed to do. It's also in the SAG guidelines. Maybe Alec Baldwin's so old he forgot them. Maybe he hasn't read them in 50 years. But the SAG guidelines say if you're handling a gun as an actor, you check the chamber before you use it regardless of how many people tell you it's not loaded or cold. So he was doing the wrong thing. He was not doing what SAG, his own union, says he should be doing. So he was breaking union rules. I understand there were a lot of union rules broken on the set of Rust. And he's the producer, but he didn't care. Um, so he just wanted to make it as quickly and as cheaply and probably make as much money and get as much popularity. You know what a narcissist does. But anyway, he, uh, he told George Clooney, good for you. Well, good for him. Good for him. No, not good for him. Good for him. Yeah, he hasn't killed anybody. It's really good for him. It's bad for you, baby. Good for him. He said it in such a prick way. Good for him. Good for him that he does that. First of all, SAG says you should do it. It's common sense you should do it. And yeah, great for Clooney. Clooney's not a murderer like Baldwin is. Clooney never killed someone. Baldwin has. (laughs) Good for him. It's very good for him. He does the right thing, you moron. I tell you. 
it's nearly impossible to deal with these people anymore. It really is. There's so much narcissism, so much sociopathic behavior out there, so much ego, out of control ego on display. It's it's absolutely insane. I mean, at least ABC has taken a beating for using that dramatic music. Even lefties like Mika Brzezinski on MSNBC said that not the, the music is ridiculous. The music is ridiculous. It's not journalism. We don't need to. You don't need to make us feel for him. You don't need to tell us how to feel. But the whole thing was one big production that no other person would have gotten. If I did this or you did it, George Stephanopoulos would not have given us this huge short film to prove how innocent we are. To prove that the person we killed is, is the guilty one. They're the responsible one. Not us. The gun. This is the, this is the thing about personal responsibility that the Democrats don't seem to get. The gun isn't responsible. The person who was killed isn't responsible. The responsible person is the person who shot the gun and killed the person. That person is responsible. That person is responsible. It's not big government's responsibility to tell us to wear a mask. It's not a big government responsibility to tell a business they must have people show their papers to come in. It's our individual responsibility to stay home if we're sick. To stay home if we are sick. To live our lives normally if we are not. If we are older and worried, we stay in. If we have immune issues, we stay in. It's our personal responsibility to do these things. It's not the government's responsibility to make us do these things and tell us to do these things. It's our responsibility to not get fat. It's our responsibility to stay healthy. Personal responsibility Something the Democrats seem to not understand or seem to not want to utilize. Across the board with every issue. New York, going back there just for a second. Going back there just for a second. I believe it's Pasticceria Rocco, R-O-C-C-O. I believe they have uh, locations in Brooklyn and Manhattan. You are allowed there. They don't discriminate. They were on Fox. If you're in the New York area going to New York, Pastizzeria Rocco, Brooklyn and Manhattan locations, please go there. Give them your money. We need more restaurants like this who are going to stand up to tyranny. Most are not. Some are. Very few will go on national television and say they are like that one. So utilize them. Pastizzeria Rocco. Pasticceria Rocco, Brooklyn and Manhattan in New York City. Unlike restaurants here, there's a little update. I think I spoke about that San Francisco restaurant that uh, did not let the cops in. I spoke about them yesterday. And they, uh, they got creamed by people. They, on Yelp, their reviews were taken down to like one, one and a half stars. So they come out with a supposed apology. Now, this is San Francisco. This is the left. This is the left's kind of apology. Uh, they said, oh, we're sorry. Things are very stressful right now, created by them and type, their type. That's the stress. They, they've, created, they've made the stress. Um, things are very stressful right now. Uh, we should have handled it differently. And as you're, go- as you're reading that, you're like, oh, all right. Well, you shouldn't blame COVID. We shouldn't blame the times. But okay, all right. Uh, so those cops can come in, right? No, they can't. 
They said, this is a teachable moment for us. It's a teachable moment to how we handle this, yet cops with guns still can't come in. <laughs> you, can't, you can't make this up. We're apologizing. This is a teachable moment. It's a very stressful situation out there. Yeah, we can do the same thing again. Cops still can't come in here. Now, is there, do I live on Mars? Do I live on some other planet? How do you write that and send that out to the news media? How do you write that? Basically, you're saying what you did is right. What, what, what's the teachable moment? You're going to tell them differently next time? You'll be a little bit nicer about it? What is it? I mean, they were cops. I'm guessing they didn't say, get the fuck out of here. I'm guessing they were fairly nice about it and said, we're sorry, we're not going to serve you. So they can do the exact same thing again. They can do the exact same thing again. A teachable moment that they're not going to learn anything from. But see, but liberals like saying things like teachable moment. That's like a liberal thing to say. I hate that phrase. Teachable moment. This is a very teachable moment. We're, we, we're going to teach. We, we've, we're teaching ourselves at the moment. At this moment, we're going to be teaching ourselves. What does it even mean, teachable moment? Get out of here. Obviously, it means nothing. Because they're not learning anything. They are going to double down, just as liberals continue to double down. Masks don't work, more mask mandates, make them forever. Vaccine passports aren't working, extend them. Make infants have to show their papers. Vaccine mandates don't work, make people show their vaccine papers or they can't go to work. We're so worried about hospitals being overwhelmed, yet we're going to fire 20 or 30% of nurses and doctors. And hospital workers who aren't vaccinated, proving, yes, it's such a such a such a pandemic, such a deadly pandemic. Let's let's fire a quarter of the hospital workers. The insanity out there, the sickness has gotten. But the problem is, the sickness has gotten to the point where it's accepted. It's the sickness is accepted. It's accepted as normalcy. And that's something the Tower of Jelly said today that really stuck in my craw. He said. We're doing these things, of course, because of Omicron and the long dark winter and all everything unscientific, of course, because we can't go back. What does that mean, can't go back? What he's really saying is we can't go back to normal. We can't go back to normalcy. We can't go back to 2019. That's what he's saying. By instituting these things and making them pretty much permanent with no end date, you are saying we cannot be normal. When you just said a year ago, the vaccines get us back to normal. But you, you can lie because you're not Trump. You have the D next to your name. You get a pass to lie. It's your passport to lie and not be called on it. Because one network, Fox News, and some right-wing talk shows and a podcast like this will call you on it, and that's it. But if you're Trump, ABC, NBC, CBS, PBS, NPR, left-wing radio, left-wing podcasts, uh, MSNBC, CNN, they'll all make it look like you're the biggest liar in the history of the world. But the Democrats know that the 90% of the media has got their backs. And when 90% of the media has your back these days, you're in, baby. You are in. You are in. Until people... Here's the optimistic part of me. Until people start really feeling it. And I think people are finally starting to really feel it. And that's why you're going to see a big change in the ballot box in the midterms. It will be a teachable moment for the Democrats, which they will learn nothing. And they will continue to do what they've done. They'll double and triple down and lose the White House in 24. And that will be another teachable moment in which they'll learn nothing. The teachable moment. 
Bafangul teachable moments. On his way out, three weeks left as, 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 as mayor and, and making a lame duck and making more, more unending permanent mandates. Go take a walk. Go take a fucking walk. You big tower of jelly blubber. Well, see, that was a lot. There was a lot to talk about today. Is there anything positive to talk about? It's finally raining here. It hasn't rained here in San Francisco for about three and a half years, four years. Something like that, I think. Might not be technically true, but it feels like it. And the rainy season has been for like two months now. It's hardly ever rained, so we're getting some drizzle here now. Hey, how's the weather in your area? Cold? Warm? Snowing? Raining? Yeah, anyway. Um, anyway. Yeah, so hopefully there'll be some good news later this week. But there isn't. I mean, the Democrats want to mandate us to hell. They want to mandate us into submission. They want to mandate you so much. They want to govern you, baby. Govern me, daddy. The liberals love it. Govern me harder, daddy. They want to govern you so hard that you'll never be able to recover from it and just accept it for what it is and this will be the new normal. We can't go back, says de Blasio. We can't go back to normal. Not as long as Democrats are in power. Not as long as Democrats are in power. And the next mayor of New York City is a Democrat, so it'll be the exact same thing. Understand that. Until you elect Republicans now, Libertarians, whatever, there's no, more, there's no normal again. So if you want to get us back to normal, you need to elect Republicans. I, a lifelong Democrat, up until five years ago, will be voting Republican in November. And so should you. And that's the show for today. I'm Micah Chopley. You've been listening to And Let's Be Heard. And I'll speak to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening.